Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Episode uh, 12 of Falling Forward with Dan Lassac. Yes, Dan Lassac is my name, and I am a narcissist for putting my own name in the title. You join us halfway through a conversation with Stoya. This episode covers more of her acting work, a little more about sex work in general, uh, more about social work, uh, talks about Sester and Foster, uh, to well-meaning but badly implemented laws in the States. Um, It also gets a little bit, like, meta about the podcast itself, like the thinking behind some of the conversations and stuff. So you don't often see the end section of the pods where we just break down into just two humans talking and it's less structured. Not that, as you can tell from my intro, there's any structure... Um, to anything I do but you know hopefully you'll find this one interesting it's I don't know it's got the best joke in uh, any of the podcasts in it so you know you'll you'll hear that and go yeah yeah Dan that was the best joke of all time maybe even really enjoyed these two pods there's uh, something like I think I couldn't have had this conversation 10 years ago, 15 years ago I don't think I was as comfortable in my own skin I think I would have been more squeamish about it uh, prudish maybe even though I've, I've always been fairly crass um, I don't know I, I think maybe culturally we're just getting a little better at talking about sex we're still rubbish at it still trash at talking about sex but we're getting there slowly but surely society is progressing although you know at times it looks like we're progressing down the drain but you know progress is progress isn't it um yeah rambling again again this is what i do one thing i did notice uh about stoya is she's way more professional than me like we get sidetracked from a a subject and then she manages to get us straight back onto the topic course where we left off 
far, far smoother than I ever could. Usually with me, it's like, uh, where were we? Whereas she's just back in like a fucking pro, you know? I respect that. I respect that. Also, a few things to plug again. If you didn't hear last week's episode, just go back an episode. That's the first half of this conversation. Um, make sure you're checking out hellostoya.com, zerospaces.com, Philosophy, Pussycats, and Porn, the book by Stoya. Um, also, check out Dean Haspel's work. Uh, that's relevant to this week's podcast. Steve Prue, the photographer, check him out. You, you're going to have to use Google or uh, ask Jeeves if that's still a thing. Uh, Bing. I'm just going to list search engines now. Um, and the movie AI Rising. There's a lot to check out because Stoya's done a lot in her life. And uh, she's still like 10 years younger than me. So I'm offended. I'm offended at her work ethic. Talking of work ethics, if you're enjoying the pod, um, patreon.com forward slash Dan That's where you support this shambolic mess of a podcast. I basically use your money to cover all the travel and uh, buy ever increasingly expensive shaving foam for my bald, bald head. Um, and the music you're hearing right now is at danlasack.bandcamp.com. Uh, all up there. Pay what you want because it's brilliant and I want you to hear it. Uh, let's move on. Let's get into it. Um, part two Danlasack versus Stoyer. <laughs> I made it sound like a fight. I wouldn't want to fight Stoya. She looks like she's got moves. Enjoy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. 
We should stop talking. We're a bit softer. We don't want to wake him up. Oh, <laughs> How's your sleepy hedgehog? <laughs> that's that's a thing. Um, Emily Nagoski in her book Come As You Are mm. describes. She's like, treat your feelings like a sleepy hedgehog in your lap. Or like okay. when your partner's having like a big emotion thing recognize like exercise good boundaries by recognizing that it is their sleepy hedgehog to hold on their lap mm. and deal with as they can um so the sleepy hedgehog because <laughs> something you don't want to disturb you definitely don't want to disturb a sleep sleepy hedgehog um okay so theater obviously you've done uh, a couple of off-Broadway shows now. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you. I now understand what off-Broadway is. I didn't know what it was, but I'd heard the term. <laughs> but it's the scale of the theatre. I believe so. Yeah, so between 100 and 500, which is a big room. Yeah. No, I did off-off. Oh, you did off-off? Yes. So what's that? Between... That's, I don't know what the numbers below... are, but it's the one below Oh, that. okay. Yeah. But still, a bunch of people in a room. Yeah. It becomes intimate, which makes it worse. But, um, <laughs> no, it's great. So there were plays written by Dean Haspel. 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 Um, but graphic novelist. Oh my God. I have to call Dean. Not right now. But. <laughs> um, so when you hear this, can you just at Stoya call Dean? Just, just, to, just so we know you were listening. <laughs> oh my God. I hope now you don't get loads. <laughs> just, I hope great. you get one. It's going to be great because I'm going to forget. Oh, like weeks later, you. someone's going to be like, called him. Right. <laughs> uh, I did one two years ago and I still get, do that remix for... So-and-so. Oh like, I'm never going to do it. Yeah. Stop asking me. Um, but graphic novelist, novelist, and you worked on a something for Heavy Metal. Yes. First, yeah, and we, then that spiraled into... We collaborated for Heavy Metal. He took... Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's the story about Mitch. Um, the, like, friends without the just. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Dean basically like set it in space and drew it. Mitch is who you work. Mitch is the programmer on Zero Spaces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we collaborated on that, and then he was like, "I have this play I've written. Would you come to a reading and like be one of the voices so mm. I can hear it out loud?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And then they were like, we're going to do a live reading for like audience feedback, and I'm like, "Okay, cool." And they're like, "We're staging it." You're the yeah. character, and I'm like, okay, cool, let's oh, do it. Okay. And then we got through all the rehearsals, and then it was opening night, and I was like, oh my god, I am so te oh, I went into stage mode. Yeah. I went into stage mode. I got this. <laughs> and I did the whole thing, and at the very end, there was the scream mm. that like closed the play, and it was my job to do the scream, and it's this huge moment, mm. like I'm. I'm essentially, I'm the only person standing on the stage. Yeah. Like, there's someone else there, and that scream is, like, the the end of it. And everybody was worried, because I had a cold, so I wasn't really, like, fully rehearsing. And we get to the last, we get to the show, we get to the very end, and I do the scream, and I'm like, ah, oh, I nailed it, I did it, I'm so proud of myself. Why am I panicking now? <laughs> like, it was just, like, showtime <laughs> mode happened and paused the panic, and the afterwards, afterwards, like, everyone's like, we're going to go have a drink. And I'm like, I have to go home and hyperventilate. But <laughs> <laughs> well, how was it for you? Obviously, um, so for, I obviously never got to see them mm -hmm. being over here. But 
um, how was it for you to, you've been able to present yourself in an edited ma manner for a large amount of your life, through the writing, through pornography. Well, the interviews though. Okay. Oh, no, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, I actually, um, I was so bad in interviews when I started. Like, I was just so, like, could not be flexible and roll with it. Yeah. And at the time, a lot of the press was, like, dick and fart jokes. Like, there was one where they had a chili dog dancing across the screen during the whole interview. Um, and you're just <laughs> okay. like, what? Like, not really my people. Like, hard yeah, yeah, for me yeah. to interact with. Um and the sense of humor can be abrasive and mm. it just it wasn't happy for me so i went and took improv classes okay yeah at the upright citizens brigade um so literally full-on take a subject improv on that are we talking long so it's, or skip? it's long form specifically okay. the herald but you learn about like going with your impulses and rolling with what's happening. Mm. Um, Cause the whole thing is like, like one person steps, you're on, you're in a line on the back of the stage. Mm. One person steps out and says, gosh, that green sunset is so beautiful. Now you're in a world where the sunset is green. Yeah. And if you step out, you got to work with that. And it's your job to like justify it yeah. and help ground the reality. Um, so, but that must have helped usually being able to... Oh my God, it helped so much. Um, but so weirdly, then... again, to li linking to the counseling, uh, the therapy thing, like <laughs> taking the information and turning it in the direction you need to turn it. Yeah, with therapy, you're taking how someone phrases something and then trying to like find the positive alternative. Mm. And like I, one of my friends just did this for me yesterday. Like I was like, I'm in this relationship and I'm feeling insecure. And he's like, you're feeling vulnerable. And I'm mm. like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, that helps. Yes. Um, like just that little reframing helps. Um, so I'd had, I'd had a little bit of experience from ballet and mm. from, um, from doing interviews with like various forms of live things. Yeah. But, and I'd, I'd done the Edder Lazy Rising, now AI Rising movie. Mm -hmm. um, so I had some experience performing emotions outside that like, sexual but, range. But with AI Rising, you get that opportunity to do the scene and then look and go, mm -hmm. ah, maybe I didn't, I could have done that better. I, you know, there's that. Yeah. I know they're working on a budget and you maybe can't retake every shot but at least you yeah. get that one I okay do it once more yeah and we did we did about two scenes a day mm -hmm. on that so there was time mm. um and the the actor I was working with like he showed me the value of looking at the monitor like there was one scene ended up being cut entirely mm. but we shot it and I looked at the monitor and I was like oh my god everything like my whole body and my face and my vocal inflection are saying one thing, but my left hand is saying something entirely <laughs> different. Rogue hand. Yeah, like. we got to go back mm. and like reshoot. Um, and you don't you don't get to have that in live theater. No, which makes it thrilling. That's, I'm glad you went there because that, that's what I've always wondered about. Obviously, I've performed live musically, but I I am, you know, I'm well rehearsed and. By the end of me and Scroobius's career together, we were more than a thousand shows deep from 
various sizes to I think the biggest crowd we ever played to was at a French festival like 30,000 people oh wow but we'd started playing in rooms of 20 people you know so we were comfortable with it yeah that but that must to that thrill I don't know it's hard to express you're you're all working together trying to do the best job you can Mm. for the audience but sometimes people make mistakes. Mm. So like, oh, someone stepped on my line and it contains important information. So I got to shove that information in You've somehow. Yeah. And like the show's just continuing. Like you, you don't get to pause and be like, oh, what am I going to do here? Yeah, yeah. Like you just have to perform. Um, have you, um, would that be if you could take the acting, the traditional acting further, would you want to? I, um... I'm still open to doing more acting. I refuse to play a sex worker. It's just, uh, oh. The, what, you don't want to do the... The story about why I have to call Dean, his second play, I played a woman on a train <clears throat> who says she's a sex worker to, like, fuck with the guy. Yeah. Because she's, like, being, like, scandalous and twee or something. <laughs> and then... A few days ago, I was on the actual subway, and this guy was like, what are you headed into the city for? And I'm like, oh, I have this event. And he's like, what's the event? And I'm like, well, it's a discussion of a book. And he's like, what's the book? And I'm like, fine, Emily Nagoski's Come As You Are. And he's like, what's it about? And I'm like, here we go. It's about <laughs> the psychological component of female sexual response. And he's like, how'd you get into that? And I'm like, well, porn star for 12 years, and now I'm a sex advice columnist. And he's like, no way. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, no. And I'm like, dude, we are we are on an above ground train right yeah. now. Like, you could literally look me up right this second. Like, yeah. here's my stage name. Um, so I need to call Dean to be like, oh my god, that thing from your play happened, but that backwards. Happened. Um, so Dean's latest play. I just like how forward that guy was. Like, yeah. um, it started because I said thank you for him scooting over so I could have somewhere to sit. Yeah, never say thank you. Yeah, well, apparently, I'm so, I was raised in the South. Oh, like, rookie mistake, politeness. Uh, I, uh, it's, I'm still not a New Yorker. It's been since 2010, and I still can't get the hang of the resting bitch face. I've, I've managed, uh, I used to have to commute into London years ago when I worked as a graphic designer, and uh, I had forgotten what rush hour in, in London Underground is. And um, I was worried I was going to smell. I was going into London for a podcast and I was wearing this exact shirt actually and I'd already worn it a couple of days and I was like, okay, and Andrea had left some butterscotch kind of lady spray. So I like just doused myself in it. <laughs> and uh, the whole journey, it was great until got to rush hour and this woman, she, she must have been about 55 and just lent in a little closer than she meant to because of the traffic. You smell really nice. And it was this like weird moment of like, super creepy, but but thank you. <laughs> That's great. It's, it's my wife's. Um, I, I've probably got a link actually. <laughs> like it's really odd. But like I can't. Yeah, people like forgetting that we're in this weird public private space. I yeah, know. And it's it's not just men. It's not just people who know who I am. Yeah. Like I just I attract <clears throat> people who want to have a conversation. Yeah. Like one time it was on the subway and there was this woman with her teenage son who just did something ridiculous Mm. and she commented and like called him out for being ridiculous and I smirked Mm. and then I was sucked in and she's like, see, even she's laughing at you and I'm like, actually a little bit, like, sorry, bro. 
And then we start talking and she's like, I like your giant purse. And I'm like, thanks. I like your giant purse. And we start comparing what we're hauling around in our giant Mary Poppins bags. <laughs> I like just like, put, like what? I don't even know why I have this. It's so weird. Yeah. I'm going to put it back in in case I need it later. And she's like, I get you. <laughs> <laughs> I have the most ridiculous experiences in the New York Metro. <laughs> it's, it's a different city there's certain cities where people just know not to make any form of contact no, but there's not others me. not for me it's uh, good though it's good to feel human as yeah. long as you're not made to the act of being made to feel human dehumanizes you which happens sometimes and actually more likely to you than to me that one guy being like so stubbornly like no you're screwing with me like it actually mm. like for like a day or two afterwards it was like I feel weird and like not like myself. Yeah. Like it it actually has an effect when someone denies who you yeah. are. Um just a great teachable moment about trans rights and why we respect people's pronouns. Yeah. Cuz it can be like really psychologically damaging. It's it's a really dumb thing, but people cuz I I do some gaming related stuff on Twitch and Twitch has this weird vibe of of like kids who who have no clue about the world. But then Obviously, trans community, there is a trans community on there who are, online is actually a space, if you can find a safe-ish mm -hmm. space online, it's a good space to take your formative steps because yeah. you can present as what you feel you are without yeah. having an obvious, like a look thing that throws it off. Um, so you can, you can have that experience, but so it's really odd having these two sort of like, the naive gamer base yeah. clashing together. But it's really dumb when people start talking about pronouns. Like, but I'm really un uncomfortable using they. And it's like, well... If get you, used to it. Well, yeah, either like, get used to it, or if you know the person, they have a name. You yeah. Can, you can just use their name. If you're really uncomfortable, just, you know, that's it what names It helps you remember for. people's names to use them. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's actually, it's so functional. Yeah. It's, it's something I'm really bad at talking about. I, I, we, on the Philosophy Tube episode of this a while ago, um, we, we're talking about trans rights and a little of this, a little of that. And you can see me pausing. Mm -hmm. You can just these long pauses of me going, what is the correct word right now? Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I have the wonder of editing. So if I do stumble and say something <laughs> truly offensive, yeah. whoop! So Dean's latest play that he's working on, the role that I'm currently reading mm. is a sex worker. And I'm going to have to have a talk with him and be like, hey. <clears throat> Can he write a sex worker? Um, he, he did an okay job. It's mm. just, I don't want to play a sex worker. So I'm going to have to go to him at a certain point and be like, hey, I actually love the character. But like for me, like yeah. I don't want to play a sex worker when I'm acting. Can we swap me? Mm. And, like, let someone who doesn't do this for her day job have fun with that role. And yeah. let me have a role that's, like, a little different. This actually leads to AI Rising in a way. Because, obviously, there is a fair amount of sex in that. If you watch the trailer, it would be easy to say that, oh, it's just soft porn sci-fi and they got Stoya because of the porn. Because yeah. of the sex part. But, weirdly, the sex is super necessary to the story, the way he treats sex, the way he expresses control through sex is actually telling us about him rather than it be, 
oh, titillation point. Yeah. You know? And I actually, it was weird because I was sort of dreading watching it a little because what do you expect from low budget sci-fi, you know? Yet, the thing that set me at ease was dumb. It was the graphic design. Yeah. It's the, the, the UI design throughout is immaculate. Yeah. It's so nicely done. And then it feels like the location choice was really good considering your budget was like 400 yeah. grand or something. It was small. Yeah. Yeah. And sci-fi takes a lot of post too. A huge amount. Yeah. Yeah. But they've, they've done a really good job with they it. They did. Like, I'm really, really proud really of it. Job. I'm really proud but of it. But that means that now the sci-fi is out of the way, like yeah. they've not made a mistake there. It means that you can actually get to the acting part of it. You know, it's a movie about the condition of woman because of man. Mm. Like that's and when when we first started the project, I was like, oh, it's this story about this astronaut, and like that's how I approached the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. And then afterwards, I was like, oh fuck, I'm the star. <laughs> <laughs> like this wasn't about Milutin at all. This is yeah, yeah, all yeah. about Nimani. Yeah, very much yeah. so, and like. There is a little bit of that weird thing that men men want of like the cheesy whore in the bedroom and the you know they they want a mother and yeah. all this and it it <coughs> reflects into that but then there is some redemption for Malutin. There is this moment where almost he realizes that you're more than an object and without too many spoilers there is a twist there that when he he changes your operating system as such yes and what he expects what a man expects for giving a woman a gift of freedom <laughs> oh god <laughs> but, but then it's like oh this isn't what i expected and yeah. she gets to be strong rather yeah. than some i don't know it could have gone into bad porn Oh, well, I've given you your freedom. Now you can fuck me all the time, yeah. you know? And they didn't go there. Soundtrack's fucking stunning as it's well. So it's so good. Like, can I rave about the costumes for a minute? Yes. I loved them so much. You stole them all. Uh, no, I, for the behind the scenes, they asked about the costumes and it was like, blah, 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 blah. You don't understand. I would wear those pants. <laughs> I would wear those pants all day long. And so at the premiere, so the premiere was at the Sava Center, mm. which, if I recall correctly, was built to house meetings of the non-aligned movement. Yeah. Which was uh, Josip Broz Tito, who was the leader of Yugoslavia, mm. was part of forming this block in opposition to the binary of the U.S. and the U.S.S.R. Mm -hmm. um, so they have this like huge building. It holds like four thousand people in the theater. And we walk in and I'm wearing, I'm wearing a dress that a designer had given me because he wanted me to wear his clothes and it fit like a dream. Mm. And we walk into the theater and I'm like all done up with the red carpet. And I had my hair in this very specific way that references like 1900s Serbian aesthetic. Mm. Um, so I like really put all this effort into the outfit and I'm like, all right, I feel, I feel confident. I feel appropriately dressed. And we walk into the theater and it is full of people and I'm like, oh my God, hold everything. I have to take a picture for my mother. <laughs> so, so like everything is on hold. Like all the people who are in the movie early involved and had to walk the red carpet. Mm. Like I'm just hold everything. I have to take a picture for my fucking mom. 
Um, and then afterwards, the costume designer is like, I have something for you. And she pulls out the pants. And I'm no like, way. oh my God, I wear the pants all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, that, I don't know. You seem like someone who's taking joy, but the actual joy, not the, I don't know. I think we sometimes forget to take the pants, you know? <laughs> we see this bigger thing and all that, but sometimes all you need is the pants at the end of the day. It's, it's in this great movie. Senka's so talented. Mm. I get to wear her work that she put like all this effort into, and they're really great pants. They, <laughs> there's something, I think maybe because Eastern European efficiency in, in some way, throughout the movie like location choice and like your alcove your little yeah like i know exactly what that is that's a led screen that you would see on a festival stage you know they're they're what like foot square yeah clippable things but they do it in such a nice way that it works perfectly it's yeah. it's not obvious what it is until okay i've seen them in real life so i know what they are but for most viewers that's just a rad corner to when we were shooting, there was one day that went over 12 hours. Mm. One single day. And it was because we hit 9 o'clock, people started wrapping up, and the actor and I both in a panic were like, no, please, one more take. <laughs> one more. We really think we can do like so much better. Please, yeah. one more. And the director was like, okay, I will stay. Gliga, the camera, camera operator, will stay. That's it. You got one more. Yeah. And we did one more, and they were like, okay, Gliga's going home to rest now. Like, <laughs> I'd say, like, doing that as well, like, when we live in this weird culture where you're expected to work, what, 18 hours or whatever. If, you, if yeah. you're not working 18 hours, so it's your fault you don't succeed, which is dumb. Yeah. You know. Um, so we talked about a lot. This one thing I find really interesting was the aerial shows. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, uh, on a hoop, spinning in the air, mm -hmm. physically taxing stuff. Very. Really taxing stuff. Yeah. I wanted to, how was it to do something which is very traditional theatre artistry as such? Not quite circus, but we're going into that physical realm. We're going a little bit into burlesque mm -hmm. and stuff. But you get to do that, but you also were doing that at like huge porn conventions. Like, there's something about that that I really dig. So the porn conventions were a bit of a problem. Mm. Because people like to take pictures at porn conventions. Yeah. And they like to use flash. And when you're hanging in a precarious position and spinning... Like, literally holding yourself there by your neck. Flash things. is a problem. Um, especially, like, I'm light sensitive. Like, I'm more light sensitive than your average yeah. person. And... I have ADD, <laughs> so oh, the flash goes off. I'm like, I'm out of problem. So um, I, I much preferred performing at the box. Mm -hmm. um, they they have rules about phones. Yeah, people don't adhere to them quite as well, but they're less likely to like pull it out. Um, I did have to deal with investment bankers who would try to play with my hair while I was hanging by my ankle. And I'm what? like, dude, no bad bad timing. Bad hands yeah. to yourself, please. <laughs> like, because um, for the show there, I was like over a table, mm. 
And so they would have to like clear off the table and then climb up and then you have your audience directly under you and they're like, you're so pretty. I'm like, stop fucking with my hair. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Anyone suspended by something, I'm, I'm not touching yeah. them unless we've traded safe words beforehand. Yeah. You know? No. Um, um, it was but like... You would, like, like, you could, like, if I was above the bar, I could, like, lean down and, like, steal someone's drink if I felt like it. Like, it was fun. I actually... I think what I was asking more was, was there something subversive to bring something more traditionally artistic to a porn convention that is more traditionally uh, the kind of mainstream... Um... Uh, so Exotica specifically was trying not to be the mainstream. Oh, okay. Like, they um, they have an in-house aerialist now. Oh, okay. Because so, like, I'm sort of seeing this out of context yeah, through no, they, YouTube clips. They so. like having all these like interesting things around. And oh, okay. they, um, they specifically hold space for non-binary performers and oh, trans awesome. performers. Like, and it's it's been a long process. Mm. Um. And actually, I don't go anymore. There was an incident. Someone threatened to come back with an assault rifle. I was like, you know what? I don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Like, I was, I was really twitchy at work the following day. And I, I was like, imagine. I don't. Like, it makes me grumpy and surly. And then no one well, has a good time. Assault and, rifle like, threats make you grumpy. They do. My God, you grow they some do. sort of thicker skin or something. <laughs> like, well. Yeah. Some sort of bulletproof skin or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, well, actually, like, how do you... I don't want to say how do you cope, but how do you deal with being at that intersection between you have celebrity mm-hmm. and on one side you're going to get the kind of extreme levels of worship and then on the other end you're going to get that vitriolic threatening to rape and kill you hate. You're on a pedestal in a garbage can. <laughs> you're on a pedestal, but you're in a garbage can. Hey, up there, trash. <laughs> it's really... Um... It can be very disorienting. I um, if I get, I call it being stoyed. Like mm. when I'm like out in the world at a thing, and someone's like, "Oh my god, stoya," then like sometimes I have to go to someone afterwards and be like, "I need a hug to feel like a normal person again." Yeah, like I, I just I don't I could never can't quite because I suppose what your day job or no long sorry microphone sorry guys I hit you. Uh, not your day job now, but your day job is a very intimate job in that we are seeing you have sex. Um, So that the normal parasocial relationships you build with a pop star or whatever are are more cultivated. You know, like what someone thinks of Adele has has gone through a bit of a machine, a PR machine. But once you send someone's butthole, that kind of goes out of the window. But does that mean that you get far, far more extreme reactions to what you do. So I have no idea what Adele's life is like. You know, like, I don't I don't know what it's like to be truly famous and have the infrastructure and, like... Yeah, she, know, she has, like, employees like, and... Yeah, yeah, like, I have one part-time employee who handles my social media. Yeah. And I feel so lucky that I can afford to have that. Mm. Um like, I don't have the whole team. I don't have the systems of protection. I mm. don't have the barriers and the buffers. Um, you know, I, I live in New York. I go to the grocery store. I run errands in the city. Like, mm. you run into people who are like, oh, my God. And sometimes, um, 
sometimes I'm the awkward one. Like, mm -hmm. sometimes I'm like, oh, God, I'm having a day. I don't know how this is going to go. So I'm immediately, like, defensive. Is there a bit of you that doesn't want to almost spoil their image of you? Um, is there a bit of that? Uh, eh, similar but different. There's a bit of, for some people, I inspire hope in the world. Mm. And you don't want to fuck with that. Mm -hmm. Um because it's like it's a good thing that they've done by accident so yeah. like I want to preserve it um but like a a sample interaction here one day I was having lunch outdoors so we're on the sidewalk and this girl comes hustling past and then gets like two feet past and turns around and goes oh my god are you and I'm like probably She's yeah. like Stoya, and I'm like yes, and she's like oh my god, I'm so I'm I'm late for something, and I'm like honey, you, you run go. for your train, like nice to meet you, run for your train, and so she ran for a train, and in theory everything was fine. I have no idea. She didn't yeah. report back. That's okay. Sample interaction in Serbia. Hey Stoya, I saw you're finished with dinner. The plates got cleared. Yeah. Wanted to stop by, say hope you have a great time. Um, I loved the Kirk video or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, like something that's like an actual thing I've actually done. They're like, yeah, hey, yeah. I liked that. Have a great time in the city. Um, and so part of how I deal with it is I go to Serbia. Mm -hmm. Where like, they might recognize me, but they have a very different celebrity culture mm -hmm. from the West. Um, and there's also like the, the whole West. And I'm talking Los Angeles through fucking Germany. Mm. Um, just men on the street making comments grabbing you like it's out of control and in yeah. serbia it has never happened to me mm. i've spent months there total I, I i obviously i don't experience that being a, a 40 year old white man but having a partner heavily tattooed who's fine with having her flesh on display like i catch that sort of uh the shrapnel of it as we walk around and yeah. it's so bizarre and, and you like, know that it's easier just because you're there yeah yeah like it but, happens less just because you're with a man yeah, and, but, yeah. but she doesn't even hear it at this point like yeah, I'm, no. I'm physically turning around like mm, there's some hackles and not even like in a protective way she could fucking handle herself but like there's this moment of me like why why are you even anyway yeah breathe yeah. um but that pet that idea of being on a pedestal in the garbage can is, I feel like I've seen people online interacting with porn stars in this, looking for some sort of absolution for, oh, yeah. the, and it's, I don't know. I, I talk about, in the, I talk about that in the book. I'm like, yeah. I'm not your whore priest. It's literally in like, the, in the first, your, your first chapter okay. of, the, of the book is you're talking about that. And I, I find it really, I understand it though, because so many of us don't have like a safe air quotes outlet mm -hmm. to so we will gravitate and towards our hero porn actress or and it's like that's yes their job is sex but that doesn't mean their job is also to be your psychoanalyst and your educator but like the psychoanalysis and the education appeals to me mm. so i'm I'm yeah. listening to the world and going, okay, like people bring me this stuff anyway, so I might as well see how far I can get down that track. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like 
people don't have safe spaces to talk about sexuality so they come to the people who have sex a lot mm. as though that means that we have any like yeah. and like i've spoken to a lot of cam performers who are like oh the job is like half therapist like, uh, I, I have a one of the models we use for the uh, photographic workshops um when she stopped working with us was because she'd got like the the bizarrest high end of cam so okay and not high end the least cam cam so on tv on a tv channel on sky like and yeah her job is to look sexy while on the phone but you can watch her but if you don't pay you can't get in on the phone call you okay you get people phone up and she she was saying like she sits there and she's on the like breakfast shift so she's the morning and she's just talking to taxi drivers when they've got home from work mm -hmm. and sex never comes up like yeah. her job is to be there's thousands of people watching her be on this phone but and it, like her job is just keeping that guy company yeah. until he's settled down like often they if they are married their wife's already asleep and he, he just wants to unwind and he's just yeah. sharing that moment and it's like yet she's getting paid thousands to do this and it's it's odd to me like we it's not odd to me you should be able to spend your money the way you want to spend your money but there is this part of me that feels like uh, if we had were more open maybe we wouldn't need to put everything we've got onto a stranger in the meantime though i feel like better access to basic competency stuff mm. for sex workers is yeah. super useful um part of part of heading in the direction of social work has been finding out just how little resources there are mm. um i did find an online thing through rutgers where i can get basic sex ed like basic sex educator eh, sex educator information yeah. um so like I'm gonna pursue that, but without a bachelor's, you're shut out of ASECT. Um, yeah. And there's another organization that's like, should we certify sex workers? And I'm like, hi, I saw your blog from 2018. <laughs> My name's Stoya. I'm interested in this. I would be happy to be your guinea pig. Yeah. Like I'm just like, what can we do to like make this work? Because um, there isn't, there isn't that much of an infrastructure for sex educators mm. in the U.S. Um, I suppose the, 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 before you can even get to the point of like certifying sex workers is you have to get people to understand that sex work is actually Real a work. job. Yeah. Is that like, and, and you learn just... a lot of things that the academic types, unless they're doing escorting on the side, like they don't have the same hands-on experience. Yeah. And I'm like. Like, well, you need me to show you how to give a blowjob. I, I got this. <laughs> like, I, I had tricks up my sleeve. I got all different kinds of things to try. Like, I can demonstrate. And, like, I just, I can't imagine. I can totally imagine Dr. Ruth demonstrating like that. But, like, a lot of these people, yeah, and, yeah. like, I can't. I don't see you yeah. actually getting in there and, like, doing the, like. And I think that's one of the problems with sex ed is we don't have we don't have much back and forth. Mm. Things have improved in the past 10 years and there was back and forth between sex workers and academia in like the seventies, mm. but it's two separate camps with not so much crossover. Mm. Um, and so I think the more crossover we have there, the better.
And, but we also get into this situation where the people legislating these things are legislating it from a point where they may not fully understand the reality well, of the really situation. Well, they're really worried about trafficking. Yeah. And feminists in the 80s, a certain kind of feminist, mm. not all, hashtag not all feminists, um, <laughs> I've, I've been spoken to about the way I talk about feminists in the past, so I'm trying to do better. Um, certain feminists were like, actually, our sex hysteria isn't getting much traction, so we need to reframe this as a trafficking issue. Mm. And that rhetoric has made it so difficult to have a functional conversation about what can actually help sex workers and how to reach people who are there being was trafficked. A bunch of laws passed recently, wasn't there? That Sesta Fosta. Sesta Fosta, which yeah. kind of remove a lot of the safe online spaces for yeah. people to. Yeah, the, the yeah. places sex workers were using to keep themselves and each other safe. And to trade information with each other. So if, if there was a, a client who was yeah. particularly this, you could actually express that. Right. But now those websites, they the, the laws kind of prosecute the websites trying to protect. Well, so what happened is a law passed <clears throat> that made it possible for the U.S. government, <clears throat> like explicitly possible for the U.S. government to prosecute a website owner mm -hmm. for anything that happens on their site. So the websites overreacted mm. to the extent that Instagram banned the hashtag woman. Okay. And they reversed that pretty quickly, but like they were losing it. Yeah, yeah. They were just like spazzing out. So all these U.S. social media companies have overcorrected. Mm. Like the law doesn't say you have to ban sex workers. Yeah. The law doesn't say you have to shadow ban sex workers on Twitter. The law doesn't say you have to ban hashtag sex work. Mm. The law says you can be liable for trafficking happening on your platform. But they overreacted. It's a bad situation. Do. I do legal work, and it's become harder to promote my stuff. Yeah. Like, it's no offense, but it's why I'm taking, like, every goddamn podcast. Because I'm like, <laughs> okay, like, I can't fight. Like, if the interview is for the wrong site, then it yeah. doesn't fucking go anywhere. <laughs> and so, like, yeah. so it's like, fine, bring on the podcasts. <laughs> what well, with the future, apparently. I don't know another podcast today oh my god <laughs> i know but like, you've i suppose you're you're in that position where you're willing to share like i was genuinely like i don't there's probably nothing else we need to get into today but i was genuinely surprised at just how willing you mm -hmm. were because i imagine you get a lot of shit emails and you get a lot of like just yeah but after years and years of it because um about halfway through my time with Digital Playground, we came to an understanding and I was allowed to have a little more freedom. Um, and I slowly began handling my own press. Mm. And of course, once I left, it was all my responsibility. And so, you run all your own shit now, basically. Uh, I, ha I have Audrey. Yeah. She's really helpful. Um, Steve Prue picks up a lot of slack. Mm. Um, you know, Mitch kind of helps hold me together sometimes. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck do I think I'm doing? I'm a CEO with ADD. <laughs> like, how is this even happening? It's like, you're fine. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. So I don't ever want to give the impression that like, it's all me. Because yeah. it's not. Like, it really takes a village. Um, 
but vetting your own press you start to get a feel for like oh like this person wants to have a real conversation and it'll be interesting mm. or like this person just needs my like selling points fed to them or like yeah. this one's gonna be trouble and like yeah what do you do with the trouble ones though do you sometimes still them. engage oh you just yeah yeah um I went on the Howard Stern show a long time ago mm. and I got like five new followers and a lot of hate. <laughs> and then this performer, B.B. Jones, who was with the same company, mm. went on the Howard Stern show and went from like 30,000 followers to like a hundred something thousand followers oh, wow. overnight. And I looked at that and I was like, all right, um, it's more important for me to do the smaller, more niche outlets where we're going to get along yeah. than it is to do the big outlets where I'm exposed to like the masses, and but they're not going to like you. Yeah. It's not just getting along with the person you're talking to. It's like getting along with the audience they've cultivated. This thing with this, it's so bouncing around everywhere with musicians. Like you're, um, I'm probably going to, you might go next release or the one after. So if you are the one after next, it, you'll be, a scratch DJ is before you and uh, an author who wrote an, a memoir about coming to terms with sexual abuse oh, wow. and his bisexuality straight after you but I might I might split you up and use the scratch DJ as a sex buffer okay his name's DJ Yoda he's actually playing in Brooklyn tonight weirdly nice. but yeah so the, the you, you might have a, a little sex buffer I don't know yet I'll decide I'll decide but um, yeah so you, your cult. I'm trying to cultivate an audience that are willing to hear people talk about what it is for them to do what they do. Yeah. And it's, a, it's an odd one because some conversations are very business-like and very like this is my job and da, 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 da. like the Yoda one is is 50 minutes of us talking about Captain Crunch. Really, you know, just talking about life as a touring musician. You know, whereas the the last one. I thought it was going to be us talking about electronic music and raves, and then it's actually 45 minutes about Buddhism. Oh, wow. And I knew I know nothing about Buddhism. So I was like, all right, I'll come on. That's amazing. Like, you come here oh. expecting porn, and I'm like, actually, I'm retired, and I'm really interested in social work. Oh, no, I'm, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't want, I think I was overcautious with the way I phrased things, because I didn't want it to be me. This is all probably going to go in the podcast still. <laughs> but I didn't want my email to be like, I don't want to talk about porn because it's something, it was part of the Stoya, yeah. I don't want to say brand, but existence. And it speaks to the things you've done. Like porn probably makes you a better actor. Um, the core skill of being present in the current moment with your awareness kind of constricted to just you and the people you're working with. Mm. And like there is an extra layer where you always know where the camera is or where your audience is. Yeah. But those those two things, like operating with different layers of awareness mm -hmm. and being fully present and responsive and in the moment, like that's, that's there with porn, that's there with circus stuff, that's there with any kind of acting. Mm. Um, but porn acting is one style and other acting is, involves yeah. different styles. So like, and involves more than two takes as well. <laughs> yeah. So there was like, a. um, it, it took me a little while on AI rising 
to like um like when they come in real close you have to play it closer and mm -hmm. less expressive because you're so close that like the tiniest eyebrow movement is insanely loud yeah whereas porn they always want over the top so it's yeah like, different styles of acting it's uh porn acting's like semaphore this can only mean this one thing we're just gonna yes you know yeah, we're, we're dealing with broad stereotypes yeah yeah which I actually find quite interesting in, in porn. It's like, right, we have to get this broad stereotype. We have to express this thing in five minutes because we're going to spend the next 30 minutes fucking. Um, and then, you know, yes. it's like the really efficient storytelling. And sometimes, obviously, it's dangerously close to... Uh, Racism? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's fine. Yeah. We can, we can call racism racism. I, I still don't understand why... Interracial just means a black guy and a white girl. It's so dumb. Yeah, like surely if there's two different races there, that would. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. I feel like it's one thing for Europeans as well. Like, but like America, we have so many mixed. Yeah. Like, it's just like, what are you even. Like, what are we even saying here? Mm. And it just comes down to skin color. Mm. Like, I know a performer is half Dominican. And he doesn't look black enough to get booked for interracial scenes. But women will show up on set. And want more money. Yeah. And be like, See, oh, you're fucking... Dominican. I didn't know. I wouldn't have taken the booking. That's which is some really terrible. Like, fucked up thing. Like, so you can charge more at, for fucking a black guy. But a black woman can't ch charge more for fucking Kanye a white guy. Kanye talked about this in, like, 2009. She said her rates go down if she ever fuck a black guy. Like, fucking Kanye West put it in a song about a decade ago, and it took five more years to start having the conversation yeah. about this, like, insane category. Janice Griffith has some good quotes about it. Yeah. If anyone wants to, like, dig, dig into in. this bizarre in. thing called interracial, Janice Griffith is your girl. Is this something in porn, in its, not visceral in, in a gore sense, but in its, like... It cuts to something of the human condition. This is like a, a pure necessity. But does that mean that it it makes very blunt statements, accidentally or on purpose, about the co the everyday culture we live in? So the most interesting angle here to me is arousal non-concordance. So there's a study that was done decades ago. Mm where they had men and women watch different videos, like all sorts of stuff. Like yeah. completely banal all the way through to like chimpanzees having sex. Okay. And like human porn in there as well. Yeah. And they asked people to self-report how aroused they were. And they measured things like blood flow to genitals. Yeah. And when they matched physical arousal with self-reported emotional arousal yeah or like intellectual arousal the overlap for women is so tiny <laughs> and the overlap for men is about 50 percent <laughs> so there's this weird thing that porn does to our bodies mm. like it if if you're coming in with all this like inaccurate kind of overblown idea of what porn is i think that can stop a physical response mm -hmm. um 
like when people are like afraid that we're all being like mercilessly exploited more than other workers under yeah. capitalism. Like that can cause an issue. But like the body responds to porn that the person doesn't even care about. Yeah. Um and so I think I think a lot of pornography like it's it's geared towards what makes dicks hard not what turns brains on yeah and that's like what i'm after with zero spaces is like what makes you feel turned on or like intellectually engaged Mm. and like is there something there and i don't know if it's possible to have a sexually explicit company like like i don't know if the market's there to support it but i'm so curious yeah no i mean that if if in the music industry you can there's a band called Sun. Sun with lots of brackets. And they just make the most distorted drones while being th- th- theatrical. Okay. And it's it's painful. It's loud. There's no rhythm. There's yeah, yeah, they will play to a thousand people. If there's a market for that, then there must be a market for porn that actually focuses on the bit of the brain that's about arousal rather than that huge swathe that throbbing cocks Maybe. get excited about. But also, like, intellectual arousal must be so personal. So I feel like I'm, like, kind of throwing stuff at the wall and, like, seeing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, we don't know what turns on brains, really. Mm. So, like, <laughs> just trying stuff and seeing what happens. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing sex at the wall. Yeah, just th- throwing vaginas at the wall. Well, then someone's going to find that attractive, throwing just... <laughs> Throwing women against the wall. There must be that. <laughs> I have a pile of flashlights that I could chuck at the door. <laughs> I just, oh my so I, I couldn't have sex for I, a reason. Sorry, I feel like there's got to be some sort of flashlight darts where you attach dildos <gasps> to the wall and see if you can whip the flashlight. Oh my god. We've just invented a new that Olympic like sport. so much fun. Olympic like 2040. Yes. The, the, the flashlight the toss. toss. Yep. I love it. New event. Replace the javelin. It's all too phallic. Let's throw vaginas at cocks. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> and hard, hard mode is obviously the anus. I did. For reasons. <laughs> I couldn't have sex last week. But my partner could. And they happened to have my fleshlight. And we pulled that out. And... They handed it to me and I immediately take the insert out of the tube and yeah. I'm like, it's more fun this way, trust me. And I just jerk them the off with my cup. own flashlight. And I was like, this is so, like, this is vaguely narcissistic. <laughs> it is such a weird experience to have like on a, an auxiliary cunt that I can just yeah, yeah. pull out. Um, have a spare. This is kind of amazing. <laughs> How a, like, okay, we should have stopped a little while ago, but... <laughs> We've gone too far. When you got the flashlight done, did you were you with someone at the time who could do the the taste test, the comparison? That is how Christina Hudgens ended up fingering my butthole. Because that he was the taste test. Yes, yeah, he ah. was my like. No, seriously, how is this? Does this is this vaguely similar? Well, so first, as soon as they had like the prototype, they sent me an image. And I sent it to everyone that I was on good terms with who had seen my vagina up close and personal. And I was like, oh my God, guys, does this look right? And they're like, wow, this looks, what's the inside like? And I'm like, I don't know yet. (laughs) Who wants to test drive? And I come home to Penta and I'm like, Penta, you have to fuck this. 
I need a penis and I don't have one. Yours is mine. Stick your dick in here. Oh, the trials and tribulations of, of dating someone in porn. Oh, God. So, there you go. That's the end of part two. Uh, the final part. The, uh, the closing bracket on that conversation with Stoya about basically everything. I feel like we covered every topic. Maybe we didn't talk about taxation or economics. But maybe we did. Surely everything in life is about taxation and economics. What are you saying, Daniel? Um, genuinely hope you enjoyed that. I learned a lot. I enjoyed it a lot. We laughed a lot. So what more can I ask for in a podcast, eh? I definitely think that throwing fleshlights at things should become some form of sport. And if you people on the internet want to want to create that sport, I would uh, definitely, definitely advise you doing it. Um, fleshlight.com forward slash Stoya for all your fleshlight needs. Um, don't forget to check out all the links from the intro. I'm not going to go through them again. Obviously, I'm going to plug my patreon.com forward slash Danlazak again because uh, I'm greedy and grubby and can't help myself here. Um, we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, another author. Um, this is uh, a very different book to Stoyer's, uh, a very personal memoir. Uh, so I hope you're looking forward to that. He's a really good writer. I don't, I, I don't know why I don't give you the name now I still feel like there's some sort of mystery you know get you excited but uh, maybe I should just start be saying the names throbbing forward in the pod but I've started this way now so I think I have to stick this way um, so yeah back in two weeks with more falling forward with Dan Sack. yeah that's good did we do it is that it is that the end I don't know I've recorded two intro-outros in a day, so I'm very confused as to what I'm meant to have said in each. Um, thank you again to Stoya for coming on. Thank you all for listening. Uh, get out there, spread the good word on my behalf, and I will see you in a fortnight. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.